Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the AAI podcast. I'm Jason Sylvester, aka Diogenes Mayberry, and joining us this week is a is a activist from India uh, by the name of Hussein. And he's here to talk about a couple of organizations he founded. Uh, but just before we get started, I'd like to remind everybody to like and subscribe. So good morning, Hussein, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, very good morning, and thanks. Thank you for yeah. having me here. Yeah, so, so you're the founder and, and executive member of two organizations, NCR India and Ex-Muslims of Kerala. So why, why don't you tell us a little bit about those organizations? Uh, yeah, uh, as you might be knowing that India is known for the cultural uh, diversity and the kind of uh, the, the traditions we followed all these years. But uh, in the recent years, we have seen a much uh, different picture in our country. That is uh, the communal uh, riots and the communal uh, tensions being getting built up in different parts of the country and a lot of uh, things going on in the name of religion. and. The whole idea of secularism is being getting uh, buried. Okay, so uh, we as citizens of this country, we decided, we means I and uh, some of my friends who live in this part of India, where you might be knowing that Kerala is the southernmost part of this country, southernmost state of this country. So we formed a group, and actually this was wholly supported by the social media platforms, especially the Facebook. So we formed certain groups and we were getting engaged in discussions and we were uh, discussing about various aspects and the first thing that came to us was the the religion called Islam that was under question so we decided to uh, do something against it especially for the atrocities committed by Islam as a religion in the personal life of the people and as a social problem so that's the most important thing which we are trying to uh, address in this uh, in, in this period of time. So we decided to form the first group that is Ex-Muslims of Kerala. That was an online group and uh, that was formed in uh, a, a completely a, a, an online group in Facebook. And it, that was formed in uh, 2019. And after that, we decided to uh, make it a, 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 an, a, an authority of speaking against these kind of atrocities committed by Islam, exposing the the fallacies and the, the problems created by Islam and all such things. So we registered the organization uh, very recently and uh, it is now completely official and it's now under the government uh, jurisdiction that we are operating right now and it's getting registered in Kerala. So that's regarding the Kerala organization for ex-Muslims. And along with that, when we talk about this ex-Muslim movement, there were a lot of people asking us, uh, is there any organization for us we are not Muslims, but we need an organization to which we can be a part of and we can uh, stay connected and uh, we can talk about the social issues faced by us like that. So for that, then we decided to form another organization that is Non-Religious Citizens. And it's the home for all the people who have come out of their respective religion, whatever be the religion, and even if they were not born into any religion, they can be part of that. So you might be knowing there is no one called any religious person by birth because all of them are uh, born into some kind of religion at some point of time. So these two other 
organizations which I am a part of right now and actually we are, uh, I am a part of the founding members and we have a very handful of uh, members and uh, active uh, colleagues to me for uh, carrying out all these activities and we are now completely engaged in this kind of social activism. Yeah. Okay, so are there, dem demographically speaking, the, the distribution of Muslims in India, is it is it fairly diverse or are they concentrated in specific areas? Like is, is Kerala more of an area that would have more Muslims or what, what's the distribution like? Yeah, uh, when considering that aspect demographically, uh, I would say that India has a, uh, a pretty good number of Muslims living, but uh, as you can see all over the world, there there is a pattern for uh, Islam or for the Muslims, that is, they will be concentrated in some pockets of the land and they will be engaged and they will be staying connected and that's part of their existence and that, uh, that's the nature how uh, this Islam thrives in the world. And that is same with Islam in, in India as well. So in that aspect, I would say that um, Kerala is having a pretty good number of Muslims and it's almost uh, above 14% and it's close to 20%. Okay, so that means uh, when comparing with other parts of India, we have a pretty good percentage of Muslims living in uh, Kerala. And uh, for that reason, there's an increased number of uh, incidents of uh, people getting recruited to the extremist groups from Kerala, especially to the ISIS and some other groups like that. And that was the time when I was thinking about what could be done to stop these kind of activities and why the people are getting attracted towards these extremist ideologies to which people, uh, once they fall into, it's very difficult to get, get them back. So, yeah, the number of people in Kerala born into these Muslim families, it's pretty high in, in India. Uh, sorry, in Kerala, and compared to the whole country. And one another thing is, uh, considering the, the, the lifestyle or the, the quality of life, living by uh, these Muslims in Kerala is much far better than the other Muslims in other parts of the country. So, there is a very much uh, difference between the Muslims in Kerala and the Muslims in uh, other parts of the country. So, that's one reason why we, we, we can we are able to do all these activities without hurting much religious sentiments because all these things are taken in a good manner because almost all of them are educated and it's easy to carry out these kind of democratic discussions and debates and all kind of things. So that's how we So the, these, these uh, events of extremism that you mentioned, are, are they taking part in, in other areas then where there's there are a smaller percentage of the population uh, or they, if they're fairly well to do in Kerala that I would presume that some of the extremism isn't there, it's be somewhere else? Uh, somewhere else in the country, other yeah. than Kerala. Yeah, from, from every other state we are having a good number of people, but uh, when comparing the total number of the, all the people who have uh, who had gone to all these extremist groups, the majority is from our state. That's the problem. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what, that, what, are some, what are some of the examples of things that have happened recently there? Yeah, very recently uh, we had a news from Afghanistan where uh, a few of the wives of the extremists who had gone, who had flown to Afghanistan from Kerala, they were trapped in Afghanistan, they were jailed. Okay, and uh, they were seeking the permission to come back to India. So there were uh, almost four uh, ladies, four women uh, who were trapped in Afghanistan and they were converted. 
from Kerala and they were uh, taken to Afghanistan for these kind of activities and they wanted to come back. And there was a whole debate whether to take them back or not. So that was the very recent uh, incident which I remember right now. And there are many other as well. Okay. So if, if the percentage, you're about 20% of the population there, the Muslims. So have you, have you received some pushback from, from that segment of the population there? Uh, that you're, you're being ex-Muslim? Are they you know, branding you as apostates and threatening you or it's, it's not much of an yeah. issue? <laughs> Obviously, uh, we have such uh, pushbacks and such, such uh, defenses made by them. And uh, yeah, but uh, to, to speak uh, frankly, that kind, of, uh, uh, that kind of defense or that kind of uh, threats made by them is much better these days, especially after the advent of this social media, because that's not easy for them to do. Because our style of uh, propagation of these kind of activities or uh, the, the way we do all these discourses is like, we are just exposing the, uh, the scriptures and the errors in it and how that is taking uh, our lives, the social lives of the people uh, backward. We are exposing that. So they cannot deny it with just threats or mere pushbacks. They cannot do it. So if they are doing it, they have to come up with some valid proof or evidence to support their, uh, their ideologies. Just like if, if an example, for an example, I can say, uh, now we, we are sitting uh, today and we are celebrating the New Year or, and uh, almost a week back we were celebrating Christmas. So you know how these Islamists or the Islamic extremists, they uh, talk about all these things because it's haram to celebrate all these things and it's uh, it's utter nonsense to say such things in the public, in a democratic society or in a secular society to not to celebrate such, uh, such uh, festivals or celebration um, and citing the religious reasons for not to do that. So we oppose that. So when we oppose that, citing the, the way these Islamic uh, scriptures or Islamic teachings are creating problem in the society, they are just uh, abusing us. And they are just coming up with some uh, techniques which is outdated, just like making some verbal abuses or some threats. Other than that, they are not able to defend it because they are getting exposed of not being secular and of not being uh, 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 qualified enough to live in a modern world like this where we value secularism, we value democracy and we value personal freedom. Okay, So that's the kind of exposition that we are making and they are short of techniques to push back. So, uh, obviously, we are succeeding in it, but still, we are facing the pushback. Okay. And so, do you, do you have some, like, I would assume there, there are people who are leaving some of these extremist families or maybe just leaving a, just a, a moderate Muslim family who are looking for community and they're coming to you guys for, you know, some, some, some support or, you know, at least some level of, you know, uh, social network, to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so you were asking, someone is coming to us for the support. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We are getting a lot of inquiry and lot of a uh, lot of requests to support, uh, and more than support, what they need is uh, most of the people are clueless about how to do this. Okay. So they are having this uh, problem in them. That is, uh, there's something wrong with this, all these beliefs. And uh, there is no point in believing in a God. They know that, but they don't know how to 
express it and how to deal with the family members when they announce it the obviously the family will be hostile towards them and they they are not able to make them uh, make their point clear so that they can make a smooth transition so for that and all we are giving a lot of uh, a lot of support and a lot of uh, techniques or some what we call some uh, some pro tips how to do that in a in a professional manner without hurting anyone and for that we we used to give a lot of uh, uh, share a lot of information for that okay so you're you're providing you know a support network and you know yeah i know, I know it's important it's an, in other communities yeah in a word it's a kind of moral support for them yeah yeah we're seeing that a lot both at AAI with the Atheist Support Network. Uh, personally, I know people who've left uh, shunning religions like uh, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. So having a, a secular organization to come to was was quite literally life-saving for them, that there was somebody there who thought like them that could replace some of that, that family structure and support. So it's, it's an, an important thing to provide. So I'm glad you guys are there doing it. So are you you're growing fairly regularly or can, are you comfortable talking about your your membership statistics or that's something you'd like to keep private uh, no uh, the only thing is the number is getting uh, adding up so right now what we have is official membership and unofficial membership that is uh, there's a channel for people to take official membership to pay by paying any yearly membership fee and all so uh, in that aspect we are slowly uh, slowly uh, getting some good numbers and that will take time and we are aiming almost 10 lakh or 1 million uh, subscribers in two years. That's what we are expecting for non-religious ah. citizens. Okay. So that's what, that's what we are expecting right now. And I think uh, if we push hard for uh, getting that number, it's possible. So we are working for that. And for ex-Muslims, it's purely unofficial right now. And we have more than 1,000 members right now who have uh, registered broadly with us. Like uh, they have not given their name, but they have. Already, we are in touch with them in various platforms. It's more than a thousand. Okay, and NRC. So you you say up to a million. So that this yeah. is a, a growing trend there in India. Yeah, definitely. I I won't say that it's a growing trend in India, but it's definitely a growing trend in Kerala. That's what I'm saying. Because okay. uh, in India, when we talk about all these things, there's a, a lot of other things to be discussed. Because you know, being uh, being able to uh, discuss all these things or to think about all these things. We need a kind of social welfare system. And that's not uniform in India, where people are running for meeting their ends to meet. So we cannot uh, go and tell them that what you are believing is wrong when they are running for their bread. That's not practically possible. So, But right in uh, Kerala, we are able to do this because there is a kind of a, a minimum social uh, security and social welfare system which we are enjoying right now and that's one reason why we are getting enough time to do all these activities and people are able to understand all these things so i cannot say outside india i can uh, outside kerala i can do all these things okay. right now, so, we, just so when you say people. when you say a million that's just in kerala that's not nationwide no it's in kerala okay all right, that's that's a pretty substantial goal for for one state. So okay, yeah. So is is NRC only focused on Kerala? Then you're not looking because it's national. It's like the N is national. So but you're yeah, you're yeah. mostly focused on Kerala. Yeah, definitely it's a national organization. There's no doubt in that. But right now we are focusing on Kerala. Okay. 
So yeah. because we need to we need to keep a, a create a model first, then only we can show to other people that okay, there's something happening in Kerala, and there's a trend there uh, that is if something happens in Kerala, other other parts of India they slowly start getting an attention uh, towards all these ideas, and they start learning all these things, and slowly they will take up. So it's like we are a kind of models to be created, and we are ourselves a model and. Uh, by seeing us, other parts of India, they are taking up things, and there are many other things where Kerala is a model for them. So okay. we are creating this also as a model. So, what sort of issues are is NRC tackling in Kerala? Uh, first of all, uh, there there is a the the first need is that to get an acceptance to live without a religion. So that's the first and foremost um, thing that we are eyeing for. That means um, we know that even in our census, uh, the population census or all other governmental uh, documents, we have to always uh, fill a, a column where we have to uh, mention our religion. So at first what we are trying to do is to add an extra column where we can mention that there is no religion there. So that's the first and foremost thing that being non-religious is a normal thing. So that's the first thing. And apart from that, there are a lot of other things like to support those people who are affected by uh, coming out of religion and a lot of other things like that. So, and even after that, as a social support system, we are planning certain things to, uh, to, to shape the future by training the kids and to support the old age. The both ends we are trying to support. So uh, for kids, we are planning some science-based, the scientific timber-inducing uh, school, schooling system. And that's for their elementary schooling uh, that we are planning uh, these kind of schools. And by that, the people, these uh, students will be with us in their that, that perfect age for getting the new ideas, how to lead a secular life for the future. We are planning for that. And towards the end of the life, people who are usually affected due to this kind of irreligious stance, that is, you are affected due to all this uh, blasphemy and all kind of things that you are done, that's why you are suffering now. This is the usual curse made by the believers. So, we don't want anyone to uh, go through such uh, torments their end of life. So, for that we need to create a social support system, a end, uh, end of life or age-old uh, age support system or their retirement home kind of support system. That's what we are aiming. So these are, these are the uh, major points which we are focusing on. Well, this is some pretty ambitious goals. So yeah. but with a million, a million people, it would certainly be more doable. So on the issue of the of the government documentation, how long do you think it'll take to, to drive something like that through? Is this is it highly bureaucratic there and it's, it's going to take, you know, a decade or this could be something that could happen in a year or two? Uh, we are expecting that to happen in a year or two because uh, these years there is a lot of discussions going on and I think the government is watching us. So uh, we are we are uh, trying for that and, and there are some models created by some individuals in other parts of the country, especially in Tamil Nadu where they have received these kind of non-religious certificates uh, through court orders. So we are trying to replicate that and we are making that, uh, trying to make that as a government rule to be non-religious. So I think that... Yeah, I, I remember 
I remember seeing some of the news items on those court orders. So, yeah. so that, that it hasn't spilled over then to become a, a normal, a normative thing where it's just you know you're having to push to get this on the forms. They haven't, yeah. they haven't undertaken to do this on their own. They, they won't do it. <laughs> There's only, uh, it's like uh, the milk is served to only those who are crying. Okay, so that's how things work. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. So, do you expect much resistance then, or do you, if you think they're, they'll be pretty accepting of doing this because you know you're you're crying, so they'll give you the milk? Yeah, actually, when when we speak about the resistance, what we are expecting or what we are uh, trying to uh, prepare ourselves for uh, facing this resistance is not from the believers or from the the religious institutions. That's not the resistance we are expecting. The, the resistance which we are expecting is from the political parties right now operating in India because they, even though they are uh, in power and they are uh, calling themselves up as secular, in effect they are not secular. So what we are trying to do and what we are trying to propagate is the true essence of secularism. But all the political parties right now, they are, uh, they are just uh, appeasing all these mi religious minorities or the religious majority and they are trying to do things based on the religious uh, influences. So when we are putting forward some kind of these kind of activities, it's actually questioning the political ideologies right now operating in India than the religious ideologies. So the resistance we are expecting is from the political parties, not from the religion. Okay. So the people who've been watching the news know that the, the BJP is in power nationally, but they also control several states and there's been this rising Hindu nationalism. So is, is BJP in, in power in Kerala? No, never. Never. Okay. Yeah. And they're not likely we have, to, to... Yeah, we have successfully uh, stopped the COVID-19 virus and BJP both. <laughs> okay. So they, they don't stand much chance of, of coming, being elected there. Never. I, I, I can guarantee that they will never ever come to power in Kerala. Just because that's the reason why I, uh, what I was telling in the beginning, that is the people here in Kerala, they are, uh, they are sensitized politically. So, and they are educated as well. So when we talk about some things, even though we, we get some pushbacks in the beginning, the people are learning constantly. So it's not easy for the BJP to propagate their, uh, these kind of uh, communal ideologies and to come into power, which that's the technique which they used in the North India or outside, outside Kerala, how they uh, utilize that technique to come into power. That's not going to work in Kerala. That's why I'm telling, I'm, I'm damn sure that that's, uh, BJP is not ever uh, going to be in power in Kerala. Okay. So the, the Hindu nationalism that they're stoking is not much of an issue down there? Of course, that's an issue as a matter of uh, debate. It's discussed almost 24-7. Uh, okay, so that means all other people are vigilant against how this uh, majority or Hindu nationalism and Hindu extremism is growing in, uh, in our, among our people. So, since it's a, a huge, uh, a hot topic, uh, people are almost uh, aware of all these things. And yeah, definitely, that's how we are stopping the BJP as well. But there, there are not a lot of examples of, of Hindu extremism in Kerala, like there are in other other states. Uh, the kind of uh, tensions created by them. Yeah, uh, we cannot we cannot pinpoint things because uh, 
it's it's very rare. That's what I that's how okay. I would say. So it, it does happen, but it's not not like in other other states. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. So what uh, what are your thoughts overall on on this? Is this something that's gonna you know kill itself off? Like you know like a lot of people talk about the in the U.S. like the 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 social justice warriors that you know they're gonna just cannibalize themselves like they've gotten so extreme that they're they're gonna you know they're gonna kill the, kill off their own momentum. So, do you think that's something that the the BJP is gonna do, or are they? Do you predict that they might continue growing in strength, or just just what are your what are your thoughts overall? Uh, when talking about the growth of BJP or the Hindu nationalist extremist uh, the growth. Uh, I think the NRC movement or the ex-Muslim movement in particular is actually dampening their growth because uh, actually when we when we were talking about this uh, Hindu nationalism and all such extremist activities, majority activities, uh, extremism, uh, we were always uh, pointing the fingers towards them and we were this uh, minority uh, communalists or the minority extremists, they were growing themselves. That's what that was happening in, in Kerala or all over the country. But now we are criticizing, especially the ex-Muslims or the, the free thinkers who are uh, doing all this religious criticism against Islam. That is now creating a, a, a air, an air of uh, a discussion or a thought among other people to think about or to introspect uh, in their religion. And that's helping them to come out of their religion as well and especially for these nationalists or these kind of religious extremists from the majority religion or the Hindu religion, they are also coming out. And uh, I think uh, very recently we got a message uh, in our groups and under our comments, not a, not a single message, many messages like uh, I was a staunch uh, RSS supporter or a Hindu activist. But now I left that because of the activities that you are carrying out and I realized that there's no point in this kind of nationalism. So that's what I'm telling. Our activities, the, the, especially the ex-Muslim movement, is creating a void in, among these kind of uh, Hindu nationalists to leave that and come forward as true secularists. So that's the kind of activity that we are, the, the kind of outcome that we are creating. So I think... So you... Yeah. So I think yeah, so if, we, if we keep doing this, the, the, the outcome will be much more better. Okay, so you're leading by example and they're, they're, the, the Hindus are saying, hey, if the Muslims can, can speak freely, then we should be able to as well. So, okay. Definitely. Uh, yeah, one more thing is that uh, usually these Hindu nationalists, uh, they, are, they are spreading the, the kind of fear that the Muslims are the people who are always wrong and they are the, they are the troublemakers. So it's kind of... Uh, Muslimophobia that they are creating. Okay, so it's an anti-Muslim bigotry that they are creating, and that's how they were uh, cashing in on these kind of uh, electoral politics. So when we came into uh, our organization and we were doing all this, there there was a division, there was a, a a contrast made between Muslimophobia and Islamophobia. So we were telling, okay, we need to create Islamophobia because Islam is indeed phobic. Uh, indeed a, a, a fearful thing. We need to be fearful of that. So we need Islamophobia and but we don't want Muslimophobia because Muslims are the victims of Islam. The first victim of Islam is Muslims themselves. So we need to save them. So that's what we are doing and when you say that Muslims are the problem, 
that's a bigotry and we cannot do that, we cannot align with you. So you need to create, you, you need to clear that. So that's how we were making our stance clear and now that is getting a momentum and it's getting accepted by more people. Okay. Oh, that's some noble objectives you guys have, so. Okay. <laughs> So any other topics you'd like to, to discuss or you've, you've pretty much covered everything that uh, you guys are working on? Uh, I think I have given all the uh, main points and examples which I would like to because uh, among this, the, the main one was the support system that we were planning for the, the children and for the age, aged uh, people. That's one of our ambitious project and uh, for that we are looking for some uh, great supporters to take that forward because that requires much investment and uh, a very good team for a full-time team for uh, conducting that. So that's one of the best uh, projects and I think we'll be able to make it happen in the near future, maybe in the uh, next five or ten years we are planning to do that. That's great. That's a noble objective and like you said, if you, if you can grow to a million, a million um, members then you'll, you'll certainly have uh, with just the membership dues that will that will help a lot but you'll certainly have mobilized a lot of uh, popular support behind you so great it sounds you guys have got some great issues so yeah let's well we should probably catch up again in the next year or two and like let us know how how you guys are progressing yeah, yeah definitely I, I would love to <laughs> okay you great. Well, great well thank you for coming on to our show this week and it was great to chat with you and learn about these these great uh, projects you guys are driving so I'm glad you guys are there and hopefully that some of the people on our channel will who are maybe in India who don't know about you guys will will watch this and see it and we'll will come seek you guys out. Sure, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Hussein. All right. So thanks everybody for watching. Please remember to like and subscribe and we'll see you all in the coming weeks and a happy 2022 to everybody. Take care everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks for listening and don't forget we're on YouTube, so follow us on YouTube, just search for Atheist Alliance International and please subscribe and hit that notification bell. We're also on all of your favourite podcast platforms, so make sure that you follow us on there as well. See you next time.